0: we'll see so ladies and gentlemen welcome back to easy conversations i just want to start off by saying thanks to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie curtis degle thanks a lot for joining us and looking forward to having you on again down the road now for episode 28 of easy conversations extremely excited to bring back on the homie that needs no introduction fourth time on the pod notorious dig say what's up to the people good afternoon everyone and of course, we've got the homie Matt in house. What's up, to the people? What's up, everybody? Very happy to have uh, Derek here with
1: us. I've been listening to him, but I've never, I just met him now, and I'm very excited.
0: Yep. He lives up to the hype, as you all know. Great. So, for this episode, we'll be discussing a movie franchise that we all grew up with, loved the original trilogy. We're lucky enough to have not only one, but two additional trilogies be added to this franchise to close out the Skywalker saga in the late 90s, 2000s, and late 2010s, culminating with the divisive last two movies, especially Rise of Skywalker. So we're talking about the Star Wars uh, franchise, if it wasn't clear. It's also in the title, so... So we're going to be starting by discussing the latest movie, Rise of Skywalker, that closed out 2019. Highly anticipated movie, um, like the last one before Last Jedi, very divisive, polarizing movie. I think we can just start there with discussing how we felt about that movie. So I'll throw it out to Matt first to kick us off.
1: Okay. Uh, well, I'm very curious what Derek's thoughts on the movie, but my my opening thoughts on Rise of Skywalker was... Everyone was talking about this movie before it even came out, and I was kind of getting sick of hearing about it and people, like, analyzing the trailers and reading about, like, the script, uh, script leaks. leaks, And it's just, like, I don't even want to know any of that stuff before I go in to see it. So when I did go see it, I actually, like, I'm on the camp. Like, I really enjoyed it. It was very entertaining upon first glance. Like, I didn't think too deeply on it. So my my at first glance... I really, really like the movie, but I want to hear Derek's thoughts now, like his opening thoughts on the movie.
2: I definitely agree with your first point. Like, I really don't like the way that uh, movie culture is gone now where like there's spoilers and leaks. And I mean, leading up to the movie, me and Eric were talking about like the trailers and stuff and how we thought they kind of shown way too much in the trailers and uh, that kind of was really obvious to me when the first like five minutes of the movie was in the last trailer like when Kylo Ren is on Exegol and he's walking up to Sidious they show that so like that kind of I, I, that kind of threw me off too but overall I really did not like the movie <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> it like see the problem with me is that it started off on the wrong foot in the sense that like The message that Palpatine sent out to the galaxy wasn't even in the movie. It was just kind of brushed over really quickly in the opening credits. And it became very obvious to me from the beginning that this movie was going to spend a majority of and way too much time trying to uh, retcon things that had happened in The Last Jedi. And I mean The Last Jedi shares its uh, portion of the blame for that as well. But I think that they could have really made a really good movie off of what was set up in The Last Jedi. Like people were upset obviously. But uh, they still had some good things to go off of and kind of close off the series with. And I think they kind of just wasted a good portion of the movie
0: doing that. Mm -hmm. So I'm more in the agreement with Matt that I also love the movie, not only upon first glance, but upon second viewing as well, because I went back to see it in theaters just to make sure that my initial thoughts of the movie were how I would feel about it with multiple viewings. And now that I've seen it twice, I can definitely say that I love the movie. I wasn't as much of a hater as of Last Jedi as a lot of people were. I didn't find it that bad. It's definitely not one of my favorites, but I didn't mind it. And I definitely like that they did retcon what Last Jedi set up. Because to me, that movie was a bit... Really what goes against all of the Star Wars movies and kind of didn't fit. So I like that they just went back to what we love. Seeing Luke being in line with the Force, not revoking the Jedi religion as they describe it. And I'm just, like I'm going to say later on, I love all the characters in this new trilogy. I'm a big fan of Rey, Kylo, and that dis- especially the dynamic between the two of them that they set up in Last Jedi. That's definitely one of the, sh- the strongest points from Last Jedi, in my opinion. I think a lot of people agree with that. They did a great job setting that up and built on that in Rise of Skywalker. I honestly loved all of it. They're um... The dynamic between the two of them. The only issue I might have with it is that I didn't love necessarily that Rey was a Palpatine. I do not think that that was their intention when they storyboarded this trilogy. Which there was definitely a lack of preparation for this trilogy to begin with. They didn't have a clear idea of where they wanted it to go. Despite what they've said that that was always the plan. There's no way that was. I'm a big fan. I I really liked Snoke. Um, they kind of did him dirty in that, just making it seem like oh, I've been behind everything all along with Palpatine. Like There are definitely some minor points or major points for some people that I, could, I agree with that could be critiqued, but it was just too cool to not like, in my opinion.
1: Okay, I, I want to bring it back to what Derek said because I, I said at first glance I really, really liked it, but the more I thought of it, Derek is absolutely correct. Like they basically shat on the last movie and the, the problems with rise of skywalker be materialized before the movie even came mm-hmm. out when we knew they were they didn't know how to end it and they had problems in pre-production those are the major problems mm-hmm. and i was lukewarm on the last jedi but honestly continuity like in a story like it's better to just go with what you established in the last one and i agree with them wholeheartedly on that point point. and the more i think of it i can nitpick everything in the mm-hmm. rise of skywalker But at the end of the day, it's a Star Wars movie. I'll take it at face value and be entertained when I watch it. If I have to write an essay on it, then I'll start finding all the stuff I don't like. But a lot of people in, like, social media, they like to to be toxic and nitpick all those little things. And that influences their, that, like, that's their whole opinion on the movie is all those negative things.
2: Yeah. Like, see, the thing for me was when I went to go see this movie, I was so excited for it Mm -hmm. because, like, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I've always been a huge Star Wars fan. Like I have a lightsaber. I've had a lightsaber since I was a kid. Like I've been into this. Yeah, exactly. I I brought it today. I was wondering, might have a picture today. Um, (laughs) but like it's, it's been around in my life for a long time. So obviously I care a lot about it and I wanted to see this done justice. Right. And I mean, the sequel trilogy as a whole doesn't do that to, uh, the universe that George Lucas established. And, uh, you can see that in the movies that he was more heavily consulted on, which was the the Force Awakens. To me, was the best movie of the sequel trilogy. We'll get more into that later. But like um, the Rise of Skywalker, it just it lost me in the first five minutes. If I'm gonna be honest, like, and I was so disappointed. I was so disappointed. I literally was like so mad inside because I really, really wanted to like this movie. Like, that's what we said beforehand. I'm like, either this movie's going to be really good or I'm going to hate it. Yeah,
0: I think you had maybe unrealistic expectations going into it. Might Could that have maybe hurt your... If it, you lo- they lost you in the first five minutes, I mean, I was entertained. I thought it was a cool fight scene with Kylo just slashing through those people on that planet, then going through to Exegol. Yeah, like I already said, and we've already talked about that Palpatine being behind everything was kind of a cheap trick just to get away from everything Last Jedi set up, but I don't know just look past it yeah like i mean you could kind of tell what they
2: were playing at with the way that they were retconning everything like fairly early on Mm -hmm. like and it just kind of killed everything for me and the opening crawl too like reading it it didn't feel authentic i agree with that yeah the opening
1: crawl like i was like okay i know what to expect from this movie it was very cringe it (laughs) It was was, cringe it was cringe but the whole movie felt like I was never bored because it was like bouncing from one place to another and like they're doing they're cramming everything in two and a half hours and yeah like i said the problem started with even before the movie was made they didn't they didn't know what they were doing that's the
2: thing yeah and to answer your question yes i had the highest expectations for this movie because it's the end Mm -hmm. right you can kind of look at something like game of thrones the ending was bad like i won't But it was made much worse because it was the end. It seemed so much worse because it was the end. Because everyone wants to be like, okay, this is my last impression of this. Mm. And I want it to be a good one. I want it to be a great one. I want it to
1: go out on a high note. And that didn't happen. Well said, Derek. Like, every great movie has a great ending. And a great ending can save a mediocre movie. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what you remember about every good TV show or every... Like, the ending is the most important part. Um. And I'm sorry to hear that, like, within the first five minutes. Like, I've had that feeling in the theater for other movies, and it just sucks. Yeah,
2: Yeah. and it's, like, it's it's a long movie. And for The Last Jedi, too, like, I didn't hate that movie at all. It was good. Like, I just disagreed with the way they handled a few things. But it wasn't until the end of that movie that I was like, okay, like, that was, like, not good. But it was more just the way they handled Luke in that movie that I didn't like. But other than that, everything was really good. And that's one thing that disappointed me in The Rise of Skywalker is that in The Last Jedi, they set Kylo Ren up to be, like, a villain. Like, I thought he was going to go, like... Full-fledged, supreme leader. Exactly. And then in this movie, they kind of copy-pasted a scene. They literally copy-pasted a scene. And now it just kind of worked. Like, I don't know. I just didn't like the way they did that. And then, like, the handling of Leia, too. Like, that's tough because, obviously, Carrie Fisher died... Mm -hmm. But at the same time, again, they copy pasted the way Luke died, right? Like projecting yourself basically like her. It was just a voice, but obviously she was less strong in the force or I don't really know how strong she was in the force because they kind of just threw that in there too. And uh, that was another point of of The Last Jedi that I didn't like and a lot of people didn't like is Mm -hmm. when she was in space and she just kind of force grapples herself back in. And they built off of that in The Rise of Skywalker, where now she's apparently fully trained. She's a Jedi master. Like, so
0: maybe they built off the wrong things then. 100%. And didn't build off on certain things that you would have liked to see happen. Yeah. Like, I also thought that at the end of Last Jedi, we were going to see a full-fledged villain Kylo Ren in the next movie. Yeah. And clearly, they didn't want to go down that path. Or they just showed that he was conflicted the whole time from Force Awakens to Rise of Skywalker. And what kind of pulled him back might be his connection with Rey. Where she didn't want to, he wanted her to join him, but she had no intention of giving in to her, maybe her um, lineage and um, like what was expected of her. Because she's a Palpatine, that she would be a Sith Lord, like the Sith Empress. And um, I'm glad, because I just love her character to begin with. I mean, a lot of people don't like that she might be overpowered. But that's been introduced since Force Awakens, that she's just had a natural mm-hmm. knack for the, the Force.
1: Yeah, well said. And the producers of this movie, like they went for Kylo. They went for the redemption storyline because mm. it's a lot more appealing to fans and less controversial. They didn't take any risks no. with this movie. And you could just see there was so much like you knew what was going to happen. It was so predictable, Rise of Skywalker. And I knew what was going to happen. And even the at the end, like with the uh, the Avengers assemble moment where everyone like shows up a little late to the party, but enough to save the day. And you've seen that in so many other yeah. movies, you know, like look at all the marvel movies so like that was predictable but like if you take everything in rise of skywalker and accept everything and you're like oh i'm just gonna roll with it it's a very entertaining movie i mean i've only seen it the one time i do want to go rewatch it um but no like very entertaining but don't dig beneath the surface too deep you know yeah exactly which is like and i think that's
2: where they suffered too is because disney wants to reach the mass the masses right so if they would have made something that was too complicated, like even the, the Sith Wayfinder, that's mm. already established in Star Wars lore that that's a thing, but it's not called a Wayfinder, it's called a holocron. Right exactly. From the Clone Wars exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's a thing, but they thought a holocron might be too complicated for people mm-hmm. to understand, so they renamed it the Wayfinder. Right. So they kinda just Disney fying yeah. exactly. devices. Exactly. And like at the end when everyone kinda showed up in the in the Rise of Skywalker I was confused because I'm like, where were all these people in The Last Jedi? <laughs> they sent out the the call and no one right. came. And then what? Lando just decides to dust off his cape. And then, <laughs> like, is everyone in the Star Wars universe, like, a, a misogynist where they don't like females? And it was because it was Leia that sent out the call? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. I was like, hey, what the is going on yeah. here? So, but... The the major thing that they did so well in The Rise of Skywalker is the Rey-Kylo Bond. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the saving grace of this movie for me. And it was done so well. And while I don't agree with certain things that they may have done with it, where they can kind of, like, transfer items through the force with the lightsaber at the mm-hmm. end, I didn't like it, but that I rolled with because it was cool. It's cool, exactly. That was to set up an action scene, and it didn't really have any major repercussions on, like, the rest of the universe, if you will. Like, it, it was just cool. Like, mm-hmm. I dig that. That's cool. And, like, her force power of being able to basically see things that happen through items kind of thing. Like, when she touches the lightsaber. Like, that's not just anybody that could have done that. That's specific to her. And it happens again with the... Is it that lizard thing in the in the cavern? When she touches it, she right. kind of feels like the the like not a, like a flashback but she kind of feels its pain i guess like how it happened yeah. so that's like another force power that they introduced in there which it was cool when they did that in certain instances but to just be able to force lightning yeah. something out of nothing that's kind of that's kind of weird to me i was I like don't know. what the, happened the there? force
0: healing baby yoda did it first so yeah i don't know yeah so, but he's old yeah. <laughs> and powerful like she just kind of
2: she just does it i don't know like it kind of seemed like a they tested it in the Mandalorian mm-hmm. to see how people would like it. And then it got thrown in there. Cause they did like heavy reshoots
1: for this movie too. Right. Right. So like how much did they change? Like, well, and when you know, I read about the reshoots and the multiple endings, they didn't know like that red flags, like in my mind of not to have high expectations. And when they were 100%. testing different endings with test audiences, that scared me immensely. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> and like,
2: I'd almost like to see like what else they had just out of curiosity because it's done I would just like to see it it'd be interesting I don't I'm not on board with the kind of stuff like the uh, I don't know what they're calling this version of the Snyder cut but like mm. uh Colin Trevor Morrow's script like I don't like when they leak stuff like that yeah I mean either like it's it's you're giving people like a very small sample of what this movie would have looked like Right. Like it's the written, it's a script. It's not anything about like how the actual screenplay would look. Mm -hmm. So it's a very small portion of it. Like a script is very minute compared to everything else that happens in a movie production. Mm -hmm. Right. So I don't like when that kind of stuff happens and it takes away from the original movie. And like, I didn't like it in the first
0: place, but I still respect it. Right. And I think that's super disrespectful to do that to a movie. And that only happens when the masses aren't really happy with the product in general. Right. Like you'd never really hear about that for a movie that's successful. Like all, all this could have happened. Right. Well, I
2: don't think that successful movies typically have a whole other script written either. Right. Well, I mean,
0: there's always a few other uh, yeah alternatives. Yeah, I
1: feel like. I think star Wars is unique in the sense that the audience, the audience for star Wars movies are like super passionate, maybe the most. And they, ca- they literally can't please anybody. That's so, true. like, my take on the sequel trilogy is the first one, they wanted to give something that we were already familiar with and seen before, and then people complained that it was, like, a new hope. The ne- uh, Last Jedi was, okay, we're going to give you something totally new, but then people are like, no, we don't want this yeah. new stuff. We wanted something different. So then for uh, Rise of Skywalker, they're like, okay, we'll, uh, we'll bring it back, bring JJ back and give us more of what people want. Mm-hmm. But... It's It's a lose lose. like I don't know how they can please everyone. So I guess their answer is just we'll try to please the majority with like safe low risk stuff yeah. and kind of make it messy at the same time. and I think that's what happened.
0: Yeah, I think that's a spot on take on how this sequel trilogy yeah. played out. Yeah, like one
2: huge thing that I'll compare with like the other uh, trilogies that were made by George Lucas is, those were criticized too. Like look at the prequels. Oh. The, the prequels. They right. were heavily criticized. But he like stuck to his mm. guns. Writer, yeah. director, he did his thing. Yep. Mm. And if you look at those as a complete body of work, like the f- the first sequel, like it's cohesive. It works. Although some people might not like certain things about it. They might criticize the acting and whatever. That's fine. But it's cohesive and it works. Whereas like the sequel trilogy it's all over the place. Scattered vision. Their mm-hmm. light speed jumping yeah. <laughs> the whole right. time, right? So that's where this really suffered. It's just it was mm-hmm. unorganized and it made it seem like they just wanted to milk the cow for more money. right? So we can
0: segue into that now, basically like comparing trilogies, which we've kind of gotten into right now. So we've given a solid take on the sequel trilogy, We're getting into the prequel trilogy. I think we all have the original trilogy as our favorite trilogy out of the three.
2: Yeah, of course. 100%.
0: Don't need to get into that one too much, but now when it comes to the prequel and sequel trilogies, how would you rank them in order of preference overall? So I
2: rank the prequel higher than the sequel. Mm-hmm. So there's multiple reasons for that. Obviously, one it's because I grew up on those and we all did, right? right. Like the prequel trilogy, we were young kids. Like I said, I had the Qui-Gon Jin lightsaber when I was a kid. And uh I grew up on like Star Wars video games, like Pod Racer games on the Nintendo Sixty Four, like That was, like, a very important part of my childhood. And at that time, uh, like, the uh, original trilogy, too, was also, like, it wasn't super outdated like it is now. So, like, new people who are watching it for the first time now might think this isn't really good because the special effects, for the most part, don't really hold up. Mm. Um, Whereas the prequel trilogy doesn't suffer from that as much because I find that it has the best uh, lightsaber fights in the whole saga. Um, in terms of how the combat is, like, designed, like, it's quick, it's flashy, it's, like, very aggressive for the most part. Um, and also that the characters have, like, their own fighting styles. Like, because George Lucas put so much thought into this, he made the lightsaber forms. Everyone might not be familiar with this, but basically what it is, I think there's seven of them. And, um, like a bunch of different people use different ones and whatever. So they all have like different fighting styles. It's like different forms of martial arts, basically. Mm-hmm. Like it's just the way that they fight. So it's super intricate and very layered in the sense that there's so many different things that are going on here. The acting may not have been the greatest, but
1: same with the scripts, but yeah. Like right, George Lucas dialogue. has
2: always had cringe yeah. dialogue, mm-hmm. right? Oh. Like he has a few good ones in the original, uh, in the original trilogy, but, uh, like, there's some very bad ones, too. Oh. His
1: dialogue is all to advance the story and not really anything creative. It's just to make the story move along. Yeah. Um, but, no, I echo everything Derek said. I, I like the prequel trilogy more than the sequel trilogy. And I'm very subjective because, like, nostalgia weighs in, like, that is why I like the prequels more. Because I used to watch them all the time as a kid. Like, on VHS, like, every, yeah. every week, you know. If I was homesick from school watch phantom menace and i love phantom menace like it gets shot on but like the pod race i can watch if it's on tv i'll watch the pod race every single time and the lightsaber fight scene is super underrated but the darth maul qui-gon and obi-wan and the music in that scene it's it's phenomenal so yeah i'm just gonna keep um give it to eric here
0: you let us Um, know yeah i'm pretty conflicted on this i mean feeling like anakin over here (laughs) um (laughs) I love the prequel trilogy as well. I mean, I grew up on it. I saw Attack of the Clones twice in the same day in theaters. That'll tell you how much I loved wow. it. Wow. I mean, 2002, so I was like six or nine. Yeah, seven. Wow. Eight. Jeez. But um, yeah, <laughs> I love the prequel trilogy as well. I mean, the duel of fates with Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, and Darth Maul is one of the best, if not the best fighting scene in the, the saga. But I also loved the sequel trilogy. Like, the first time I saw Force Awakens, I was smiling the whole time. I mean, I love, like I've already said, Ray, Kylo, Poe, Finn, all their... Dy- Even Han was... Chewie was great in the sequel, especially Force Awakens. They're really funny. And, like, those are definitely... Well, definitely Force Awakens, I think, is the funniest Star Wars movie. Catered to, um, like, a Disney style of humor and the later... Two movies built on that, especially Last Jedi with some very childish humor, which I didn't like as much. But I still just loved, like I said already, the dynamic between the characters. Why fly a, now? My, yeah, that was tough. <laughs> Minus the the appearance of a Rose Tico, I would say. It's a, one of the best ensemble casts. But then to bring it back to the prequel trilogy, like I was a big Anakin fan. Even though his acting is criticized by many, apparently that's how George Lucas wanted him to portray the character. It was spot on in his vision. Uh, Obi-Wan was great too. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the best. Mm-hmm. Fleshed out characters of the whole. Um, saga again. I know it was my question. I can't really give a definitive answer. Um I l- like a lot of what people criticize. Like Jar Jar at the time when I grew up. I did not hate him at all. I think that's something that going back and with time people look at a nitpick like the midi-chlorians when you're a kid who thinks of that stuff like who thinks of criticizing that
1: i know how i can make you answer which one you like more so you have you're on a desert island and you can only bring the prequels <laughs> or the sequel trilogy which ones are you bringing <laughs> like, which um, ones are you, are you gonna want to throw man. one come on, it would have to be prequels wow okay i didn't well, i, I thought you'd go sequels wow
2: Because the nostalgia thing is huge, man. And that's why The Force Awakens was so well done. Because it felt authentic and the nostalgia was there. Like, when Chewie and Han roll up to the Millennium Falcon for the first time, like, that's goosebumps, man. Mm -hmm. That's gold right Mm -hmm. there. And that's why that movie was so well done and I wouldn't change a thing about it. I would not change a thing about The Force Awakens. To me, that was the perfect movie to begin the sequel trilogy. Okay. And it went downhill from there. Last
0: Jedi really failed that franchise, that uh, trilogy, because that was supposed to build on everything that uh, Force Awakens set up, maybe to have uh, some actual Rey training, Kylo becoming a full-fledged villain. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like you said, they just ping-ponged between ideas and couldn't make a decision until they had no choice and had to land on the redemption arc, like Matt said. Mm
1: -hmm. And in any trilogy, the second movie is so crucial because it's the bridge movie, like... like lord of the ring the two towers is a Mm -hmm. great movie arguably the best of the three best one yeah because it's it doesn't drag and it it's advancing the story really well but Mm -hmm. last jedi it felt like they kind of delayed stuff happening and you're like well there's only one movie after this Mm -hmm. how are they going to fix everything i don't know last jedi didn't did not feel like it wasn't fleshed out enough or they didn't i don't know yeah Yeah. it it felt long to be honest last jedi one i've seen it twice and it's just long
2: I think one of the reasons why it feels so long is because there's not a lot of, like, scene transitions in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, the other Star Wars movies, they take, like, it's over a longer span of time. Where this movie seems like it's almost happening in, like, real time. It feels like it's two hours. Yeah. It's that slow ship crawl where apparently, mm-hmm. they, apparently. a Star Destroyer can't blow through a transport's shields. <laughs> like, I don't oh. know if you've you seen any Star Wars movie. The Star Destroyers are pretty nasty, right? Mm-hmm. Like.
1: So
0: And almost nothing happens in the movie, really. Yeah. There's a pointless side plot with the casino. Oh my god. Um, yeah, like cut that man. Like even Ray and Luke's interactions in Last Jedi aren't great at they're all. They're cringe. The first thing where he throws the lightsaber over the edge, it's like, what is and going on? Where you're expecting to get answers with Ray going in the cave, which is generally where characters find out something about themselves in fantasy lore. She comes out of there with nothing. That also teed up another theory of Ray being a clone or being no one. I don't know. They just really didn't build on that at all.
2: Yeah. No, I completely agree that movie. All it did was, was plant like questions. And like this, like you said, the second movie is so important, man. You're setting up like the end Mm -hmm. in the second movie. You answer all those questions I find. And then at the end you see how it all plays out. Whereas In this situation, they had to go back and they had to change... Well, they felt they had to change everything. So it suffered because of that. And, like, say what you will about the prequel series and how George Lucas might not be the greatest scriptwriter, which I agree with, but at least he had, like, a a clear direction. Like, there wasn't... He wasn't questioning himself the whole time. And he didn't, uh, like, bite into the fan feedback. Mm -hmm. Stuck to his guns. Whereas for this one... Like, it's exactly. Like, that's hard to do, man. Like, especially now, like... Like, it's harder now, obviously, but there's, like, everyone gets to put in their opinion, like, online and stuff. And these guys see this stuff. Like, Rose Tico, like, she got off of social media because people were, like, just, like, hurting her in the sense that they were just bashing on her. Yeah, Her character did suck. Yeah, definitely one of the worst
0: characters. Yeah,
2: like, that's the other thing, too. The sequel trilogy, name me one good supporting character. I'll wait.
0: Well, if you're counting, like, the four, I guess they're all main characters, the Mm. four that I listed... Yeah. You got uh, Maz Katana, great character. Kanata. <laughs> what, yeah, there you go. So that—that's how good she is. But even that, like, in, I don't in, know if
1: she's great.
0: She's I'm kidding. good. She, <laughs> she
2: was okay. really good in The Force Awakens. Yes. I think she was good in The Force Awakens. But then in the last movie, they almost used her to kind of fill in for Leia. Like, Leia would have her pre-recorded lines that would kind of just be like quips, if you will. And then she would kind of expand on what she was saying. Mm-hmm. And it's like she was badass at one point in uh, the Last Jedi. She had like a a booster pack and she was like fighting people like throw her in the action man like don't just have her sitting there talking for leia
1: yeah that's what i like about the prequels all the memorable characters like like attack of the clones has jango fett you how can you not like him yeah yeah like bone chilling like action scenes Mm -hmm. when i was a kid in the theater
0: get him dead get him fire
1: (laughs) (laughs) those are classic moments for me (laughs) And Revenge of the Sith, like, I was, like, destroyed by the end of the movie. Yeah. And when I saw it in theaters, I was, like, 14 years old, and I was, like, you know what's going to happen, but to see it, it's it just breaks your heart. Mm. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I sound like Batman there.
2: I thought that was intentional. <laughs> that see, and this happened. is the thing. We do this all the time. Yeah. I'm going to just put it out there. Like, we quote the prequel series yeah. so much. There's so many it's quotables, organic, man. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. um. I'm blanking on all the character names from the prequel trilogy like right now. Luke
0: Gunray, yeah. solid B villain. Yeah, exactly. Like there's all these supporting
2: characters and villains like Watto mm. from Tatooine. Yeah. Like Tatooine feels like a real place. And even though you spend like a little bit of time in the original uh, series, you spend a lot of time there in right. Phantom Menace and they really established that planet with like how it works. It's controlled by the huts. It revolves around uh the pod races is a big gambling thing. Like they established that place as like a believable world. They didn't do that in the sequels. Yeah.
1: No, the, the, the world of Star Wars looks great in the prequels and all the different planets and showing Coruscant, Coruscant for the first time and like how the Senate works and the Republic. There's actually a lot of political stuff in Phantom Menace that w- mm-hmm. went way over my you're head right. as a kid. 100%. But as an adult, you're like, oh, you see yeah. what Palpatine's trying to do. And he's actually yeah. a genius. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Blaming others and or, like he's the puppet master, obviously. But it's actually really good. Uh, yeah you know, Game of Thrones-esque move, a political
0: power play. It's like applicable to moving up in like a government entity as well. Like a lot of it applies to Mm -hmm. real life.
2: And and I think that that's where they're going to go with like something else because people are into like that political undertone Mm -hmm. of a show like with Game of Thrones where you have like the throne and Mm -hmm. like the things that happen in the Red Keep. Um, and the Witcher, they have, like, the I forget what the Order of the Witches is called there, but... Right. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, like, where they have the debates between the two sides of, like, magic users and stuff. So, like, that is something that I think they're going to bring back. And it even gets shown a lot more in the Clone Wars series, where, like, you mm-hmm. see the Senate fairly often. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, because they kind of plant things like the way Sidious does things, man, like he's a mastermind at this. Like it's yeah. crazy and it's well done too. And it's well thought out. So in the force awakens, maybe I, I'll, I lied. One thing I would change, they just blow up the Republic in like the first, what, like hour of the movie, they just kind of say Casey later, like he spent like what, 20 years building this. Yeah. And then they just throw it aside. That's
0: definitely a thing. I don't really love about the sequel trilogy is that at the end of the original trilogy, They've taken all this time to destroy the empire and it seems like the galaxy should be at peace. But then seemingly out of nowhere, the first order has risen as this supreme entity that is um, just daunt, ruling the the universe. And there's a small faction of the galaxy that's trying to fight the oppression they're feeling, right?
1: All in like 30 years or so. Exactly. Going on like uh, Han Solo's age. Yeah. It's what, like 30 it years It is 30, after? exactly, yeah. I think. Because yeah. it was from
0: 85 to 2015. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like, and
2: even if you look at, like, as a whole, where you started in the first movie of each trilogy and where you are at the end of each movie and each trilogy, like, the endings for Revenge of the Sith and Return of the Jedi are very definitive. At the end of Revenge of the Sith, you see, like, them taking control of everything. Like, it's a dark time that's beginning. Like, it's very ominous and it's well done. Like, Palpatine gives his speech and the Jedi are done. Then in... uh. Return of the Jedi, everyone is happy because they've destroyed the Sith, the Empire, like it's all done. Then the Rise of Skywalker ends with, I'm Rey Skywalker. Like it's, it's all about her in the situation. Mm -hmm. And in the grand scheme of things in the galaxy, no one cares about her. No one even knows who she is. She doesn't even know who she is. They're going to know now she's Rey Skywalker. She's the guardian of the galaxy. now. They're not going to know who she is though, because there's nothing, well, apparently there's no one left to fight, right? Like the story's over with her on Tatooine loving sand which I'm fine with
0: her maybe training the next wave of Jedi we don't know what's going to happen with her don't necessarily care either but we know that the galaxy is in good hands taking on the Skywalker mantle
1: I liked it I have a quick question for Derek (laughs) and we don't have to talk too much about this because we'll be here all day but do you think further movies will be more like more sequels or they're going to go back maybe to a, a time period before like The prequels and, like, show the formation of the Jedi. Like, do you think they're going to continue the story, sequels or prequels, basically?
2: So, it depends how smart Disney is. Is Disney dumb and going to make sequels? Perhaps. They've said they won't, but, like, that's PR, right? Like, they're just Mm -hmm. telling people what they think they want to hear at this point. So, I hope, I don't want to see any more sequels. Because to me, at this point, this galaxy, like, if they made another sequel, and let's say it's even five years um, further than um, The Rise of Skywalker, that galaxy is, like, unrecognizable to me, you know? Um, Whereas before Disney bought uh, Lucasfilm, there was the extended Star Wars universe with all the books and uh, things like that, where there's so many stories that are already fleshed out. And I think they need to adapt the the Marvel mold, where they take from uh, previous work in the comic books and stuff like that and kind of amalgamate those stories to the big screen. Right. Cause then you still have George Lucas's vision, but you're making it fresh. And a lot of people haven't seen that stuff or read that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So it would be new for most people, but for the true fans, like that's how you appease your true fans is by using like source material. That's true. But then by also using it so that it can be applied to like the masses, right. You want to make those new people, into lifelong Star Wars fans, right? So, I think by using the original material, like um, the Knights of the Old Republic stuff and uh, the Old Republic, I think that that's where they need to go—a time where, like, maybe the galaxy wasn't as civilized and they didn't have like that central hierarchy of power with the Senate, and where they're building the Senate, something like that. Because then that has like that has very uh, big political undertones or like overtones, even because it could be the the central point. Of, of the show or movie. At this point, I think shows are better than movies, though. Mm-hmm. But they'll never adapt, like, Star Wars mo- or shows for, Fully. like... Yeah, for, like, the main work of Star Wars. It'll always be movies. And I don't think they should go trilogies. And I don't think they should go... I don't think they should do two movies. I think five movies is oh. where you should go. Because... This
1: another saga?
2: Yeah, basically. Okay. But nine is too much. Yeah. Six is good, but I think that uh, what they might do is do five and then have, like, little mini-series go on in between those with, like, the lesser important characters. Mm
0: -hmm. Got Cassian and Dor, if you will, but that wouldn't be related to what you're talking about. Yeah,
2: but similar to that, yeah, like, it's a character who's, like, pretty integral and you just kind of want to build on his backstory and... Maybe um, introduce some, like, new elements and stuff. Like, not that we asked for casting (laughs) Endor, but we're
1: getting it, so. Speaking of TV shows, um, I'm a big fan of the Clone Wars TV show, the animated show, Mm -hmm. and I, like, I almost watched the whole show in syndication back in the day, like, every week, and some of those episodes, in my opinion, would make good standalone movies if they wanted to do more, like, like, Solo, Star Wars Story, like, those standalone movies. Some of those, some of those episodes I, like, are amazing, yeah, there's a lot of like kid-friendly episodes, and then there's the darker ones, and they're finally gonna finish the Clone Wars, which mm-hmm. I'm happy for. Yeah. yeah, so I like like you, I'd well maybe not
2: like you, but I'd seen like a lot of the episodes when I was younger. Maybe not in like Succession, but I'm watching them now, and uh, like I'm an adult now, and I still love this. Mm-hmm. Once you get past the fact that it's like geared towards kids, and like sometimes the dialogue might be a little childish, and what happens is a little childish. It's still Star Wars at its core, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, like, I think I'm midway through Season 3 now. And, uh, like, it's so well done. And, like you said, to make that into a movie for, like, certain episodes, like, it's so well done. Like, the one uh, when they're on Mortis, which I just watched recently, with, like, the light side entity and the dark side entity and, like, the father. Anyways, it's a super cool episode, and it's in Season 3. Like, that was just a really cool concept. And that's what's good about these shows is they can introduce things like that planets with their own uniqueness mm-hmm. and then kind of wrap it all up over a couple of episodes like that's super cool to me and it doesn't like really affect anything on the grand scheme of things but it's just kind of cool to see so yeah, yeah.
1: like they can make a just to wrap like they can make a whole movie just on following clone troopers during a big battle it'd be like a war movie a yeah. star Wars mm-hmm. war movie because a lot of the episodes in the show you're you're following like your main clone guy rex Mm. who's an established clone in the show and it's just fun like his camaraderie with his buddies and just good military missions basically
2: yeah it's super well done in the show like the way the troopers are done like because in the movie they kind of they they put the helmets on and you forget about it they're Mm -hmm. essentially battle droids Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. but in the show they're people like they all have their own little identities their own little personalities they have names and stuff like when when some of them die or like Man, that sucks. Like That's my dog. Exactly, because they send the whole like episode building this guy up, and then they clap him at the end, and it's like, wow, I almost felt that more than I did in some of the deaths in the sequel trilogy. Like, honestly. <laughs> honestly, right? I don't know. That's just how I felt about it. They did a really good job with the clones in the Clone Wars.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of getting into it now. Like, I'm almost done Season 1, Clone Wars. I like it as well. I personally don't really want to see anything else in between Episodes 2 and 3. I feel like... And 3 and 4 especially. I feel like those two gaps of time have kind of been... Have overextended their stay. Like there's enough Mm -hmm. content out there in my opinion. It might be cool to see a live action Clone Wars. Like a war movie. I see what you're saying. It it would be cool to see. But I think 7 seasons of the span in between 2 and 3 might be enough. For clone related content anyways. Me as well for the future of Star Wars series. I'd love to see more series. Like you said like 5 movies. Uh, on a um, certain time period and I'd want them to go way back like to the start of the Jedi and the original Sith why did they turn were they tempted by some sort of vision or um, awareness of other powers that weren't available to them if they followed the Jedi religion I think that'd be really cool to see.
2: Which is, that's a story that was written in, uh, they call it Legends now. That's all the stuff that was part of the extended Star Wars universe before um, Disney bought them. Mm -hmm. They're calling it Legends now. And there's a story about that where basically it was like two planets that rotated around a sun. One was light, one was dark. And that's like, anyways, there's like a huge story revolving around that. But that would be so cool to see um, on the screen and people love origin shows, mm. origin movies. Yep. Like there's so much, uh, good things that can come out of that because you, you kind of can shed a new light on, on certain things. Um, by going backwards, it gives some things, maybe a new meaning, maybe it gives a new motive or a new undertone for, um, like why characters doing what they're doing based on what's been done in the past. Um, one thing that I think that they should really do, Acts the Obi-Wan series in between 3 and 4, I don't want to see that. Mm. I want to see before the Phantom Menace. I want to see something with a young Obi-Wan and I want to see something maybe with a younger Qui-Gon Jin, a younger Count Dooku, yeah. um, a younger Yoda. Like that would be really cool to see and I think that that could build on what's already been established. Again, it's not going to be something that's super huge, like do like a mini series. six episodes yeah something like that something like that just something that would be cool um with those characters because everyone loves those characters Mm -hmm. already right and uh like ewan mcgregor could still do it because the guy hasn't aged a day right (laughs) give him the little braid and he would literally look like the padawan again Mm -hmm. um but like for that show like i'm glad they shelved it because what are you going to do with that like he's sitting on Tatooine, like playing around Tuscan Raiders like <laughs> I mean we've seen Anakin take care
1: of
0: that <laughs> the good thing about that though is that it shows that they're taking their time with what they want to plan next right like applying the Marvel technique the Kevin Feige yeah. approach yep. of really writing down the plots and how they're going to go about presenting these ideas on the screen which I love like I hope they take at least three years off before they start producing other series or movies especially movies
2: yeah, and I feel like they're doing that because Kathleen Kennedy is scared for her job, right? Because Star Wars, like, it did make a lot of money in its, and stuff, but I want to say she almost damaged the brand with these movies and the way that it was handled. Mm-hmm. Not the movies themselves, but the way it was handled. Mm-hmm. So she's scared for her job, and Kevin Fiji is sitting in the background there with a super successful Mar- Marvel Universe that kind of has its own legs now, and, like, even though he's heavily involved in the creative process, I think that... Because they've taken a lot of directors and they're bringing them back. The mold is kind of already established for that. And with their own kind of creative ideas, they can go off with that. And I'd like to see him more heavily involved with Star Wars. Because this guy's the biggest geek ever. Mm -hmm. He loves this stuff, right? And that's why he gets it right.
0: Has he not signed on to join the Star Wars franchise as well?
2: I want him to helmet. I want him to take what he did with Marvel and not replicate the same like formula yeah formula but because it's different for star wars but i want him to give them their direction right because kathleen kennedy has no idea what she's doing
1: i agree with the kathleen kennedy comments uh (laughs) (laughs) she's just trying to she throws in her own political agenda too with some of the themes in the sequel trilogy but we're not going to get into that Mm because that's we will be talking all day.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I agree, though, to bring it back to what you said earlier. I'd love to see a Qui-Gon, Count Dooku, especially series. I don't know where Obi-Wan necessarily would fit in because Obi-Wan wasn't really aware of Dooku's tutelage to Qui-Gon or hadn't been around for that part of his training. But it'd be great to see. I mean, and that's another thing that, to bring it back, the prequel series, is that the prequel trilogy had amazing villains in every movie. Maul, Dooku... Even Grievous throwing my boy um and Palpatine, of course, overseeing everything. Yeah. And Django too, so um
2: I know. They had solid A and B villains mm-hmm. in each movie, right? Yeah. Like even in the Phantom Menace when you just really have Maul, like the the is still there, right? Yep. And he's still a, like he's the B villain in that movie. Um But he's still really good. Like their interactions together, Mm -hmm. like even though Maul's dialogue may not be delivered the best.
0: (laughs) I mean he's a stunt guy or he's a martial arts expert.
2: Yeah. Ray Park is his name. And like the guy's still super involved in like the Star Wars community and stuff. And he did a really good job with Darth Maul. And uh, he's one of my favorite, and I think everyone's favorite uh, I mean, villains in in Star Wars period. You say
0: he's a B villain in that movie, which he is, but has the presence of an A villain and the yeah. fighting style and skill of an A villain.
2: Yeah, that fight scene is like one of my favorite scenes in movie period. Like, oh, wow. I still get goosebumps to this day when uh, right after Qui Gon dies. Yeah. Oh yeah. When they're waiting with with the music like John Williams did such a good job with the music too with this. And as soon as that, uh, like shield thing goes down and they start going, man, like that is so well done. Mm-hmm. The acrobatics, the speed, like they're, that's mm-hmm. not sped up at all. Right. These guys are going so fast with this. It takes so much practice. Yeah. That's why Ewan and McGregor did such a good job too, because he embraced that side of the character. The sequel trilogy suffered because of the, uh, special effects that they used for the lightsabers. So originally they didn't have, yeah, so in the other ones, they didn't have like the, the light uh, refracting off of it. Like it's very noticeable in like the, the forest scene in The Force Awakens where you see the light on their faces and that's kind of to show like who's bad and who's not. But I mean, I guess we already knew that. But anyways, <laughs> so the, the technology they used for that made the lightsabers heavier. So that's why you see a lot of jabbing like slower uh, motions as well. slower motions and they're jabbing a lot like a lightsaber is not a jabbing weapon first of all it's a slashing weapon but uh like it the choreography in in the sequel trilogy is garbage if i'm gonna be honest like the fight scenes are not that great and like in the force awakens they got away with it because ray's untrained it's fine but if you look at that fight scene and then you look at the fight scene in the rise of skywalker they're pretty similar right like there's a little bit more force in there Mm -hmm. like that was cool but uh The the way they're fighting is similar But in like Attack the Clones even Like when Dooku and Yoda are fighting Like that's hype man That's so sick Lost it in the theaters Everyone did man Like I remember people were like cheering It was like a riot in there When Yoda draws his lightsaber man Like And the music man Oh the music is so well done In the uh, the prequel trilogy But I'll throw it back to you there
0: yeah, so I was going to segue into next. I mean, we've covered the prequel trilogy, especially in the future of Star Wars as well, pretty well. And now speaking of the future of Star Wars, they've set themselves up pretty well already with Disney Plus rolling out the Mandalorian, which has been a extremely hyped up series for, as the main selling point for people to buy or um, get in on Disney Plus. And my God, did that not disappoint? Amazing series, in my opinion. Eight for eight on every episode. Absolutely loved the character Mando. Din. Uh, Pedro Pascal is amazing with his very minimalistic acting, but has a had a presence about him in every episode. And what they did a great job introducing different planets, characters, and guest actors, cameos, everything. The action there's a pretty significant action scene in every episode. Solid choreography. Um, Baby Yoda. I mean what else can you say
1: yeah what i love the most about the mandalorian and again i liked every episode like Eric said i like every episode too but it was to me the show resembled like a western i love western movies and this show was like watching a western because you have the main character who doesn't say much he's he's just roaming around a lot of the episodes were actually like directly influenced by some of my favorite western films Example, episode four Sanctuary is it is the Magnificent Seven, it's a rip off of that movie, which is a, rip, which is a remake of a Japanese movie, Seven Samurai. That's but cool. and George Lucas was inspired by the director of Sam, Seven Samurai to make when he made Star Wars, anyways. I love westerns, and this show was just like watching a western for me, just like episode five, The Gunslinger. That, that reminded me a little of Unforgiven with Clint Eastwood. And then like episode six, The Prisoner, that was just like a cool mission with working with people you don't want to work. And, you know, eventually stuff's going to go wrong. Just kept me on my toes. And I think the strength of the show, like our main character, the look and the uh, like the, the super nonchalant, like uh, he's not flashy or anything. He's just cool. You know, he's like to me, it resembles Clint Eastwood the most because he's like like that in his movies. Uh, Derek, what, do, uh, what are your thoughts on the show?
2: Yeah. Like that's, it's, it's a really cool element that they did. And like, it's always a good thing to kind of pay homage to the films and uh, pieces of work that have come before you. And, uh, there's a reason why those movies are classics and they're still like enjoyed today for like the movies that you referenced because like the stories and the way that they progress are interesting. And even though you know what's going to happen, you want to see it play out with these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, Mando was a really good show for me. Um, I really liked it. And um, I want to see more. Um, I wouldn't even mind. Like, because this has been so successful, I wouldn't even mind a second series about Mandalorians, about the Mandalorian War, which takes place a long time ago in the Old Republic, where, um, well, I think actually they show the scene with the battle droids. That is referencing the Mandalorian War. It might be.
0: Well, it's mostly seeing, also seeing him in his home planet yeah. basically getting terrorized. But that's what happens in the Mandalorian like, it's, War it's is that homage. the
2: Trade Federation, like, destroys mm-hmm. their planet, basically. And, okay. like, the Jedi and the Republic refuse to get involved because Mandalore doesn't actively trade with the, with the Republic. So the Republic protects their own, right? Which mm-hmm. they talk about more in uh, the Clone War series as well because Mandalore is in that as well. Oh, yeah. And, uh, like, it's heavily featured in there. And... Uh, so I would like to see more because Mandalore has a very like rich history in, in Star Wars and like when they at the end when they pulled out the uh, the saber, oh. I loved that On because me. I recognized it right away. Me too. It's uh, the saber of the first uh, Mandalorian that was trained as a Jedi. That was what he built, and uh, so it has some like historical value and stuff. So now I'm like, wh- why does he have this? Mm-hmm. And uh, my boy from Breaking Bad, Gustavo Fring, did not disappoint. Yeah. I loved his scene when he pulls up and his Tie Fighter lands. Yeah, that was so cool. Yeah. I lost it. Yeah. And that's such a like a small thing. It's just a Tie Fighter landing, but it's just something that we had never seen before, and it was so badass. Like as much as Pedro Pascal was badass as the as the Mandel. Um, Moff Gideon. Yeah, Moff Gideon was badass too. Like their their uh, short interaction that wasn't even like really face to face was uh, was sick.
0: Mm -hmm. He's gonna be a solid villain, I think, and that I hope they keep around for at least the next season, if not more, to find out more about him and what his relationship with Mando is. Like, how do they know each other? Really, they briefly touched on it, and I want to rewatch the series to make sure I like catch on to different things with more than one viewing, but. I definitely liked that every episode had like a, sub- a mini plot that resolved itself within its own um, episode mm-hmm. running time. But now I want to see more of a linear plot develop and find out more about Mando himself, which I don't feel like we found out a lot about him. Now he has his a mission, I guess, to carry out to find more Jedi in the universe and maybe bring baby Yoda to his own species. Um, we'll see what happens there, Matt.
1: Yeah, like speaking of linear uh, episodes, like the last two episodes for me were the beginning of going to be our linear story. Mm-hmm. And it the show had a great ending. And like we said before, like a great ending is what we're, people are going to remember about this. And this this show ended perfectly for me and is the beginning of like our linear storyline. Mm-hmm. And the first five, six episodes, just character development for our main character. Like right. we know a lot about him now and how he acts. even We never see his... Like, you're acting with the helmet on imagine how hard that is mm-hmm. like it's a great job and yeah there's some stuff in the show like i could not complain about but like some stuff i would have done differently but you know what it's overall the the slam dunk yeah yeah what, what are your thoughts on uh, baby yoda derek
2: baby yoda i mean he's cute <laughs> for sure yes he um, is in terms of, like, the Force uses and stuff, like, I'm okay with it because, first of all, he's really old, right? Like, he's, like, 100 years old already or something like that. I like, think 50. 50 yeah. 50? Still, like, 50 years is, like, a long time. And that's, like, the, the staple of the Force is, like, it's, like, you work. It's hard work to become a master of the Force and stuff. So, 50 years, even if it's still, like, a baby, clearly it's intelligent. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, I liked that like he was central to the series but at the same time like they didn't lean on him you know like uh the mando was still the star of the show like his acting was phenomenal Mm. and uh the, the one small critique that i have is that there wasn't really like like every episode did resolve itself within itself which is fine but i hope that going forward like you said they set up like a like a bigger story Mm -hmm. because towards the end I was kind of like, I think there was maybe one or two episodes where I was like, I really like that episode, but where's this going? Right. So I wasn't really like, like I wasn't displeased by it, but I was just kind of getting anxious of being like, okay, what's the plan here? Especially by like,
0: I think episode six was the prisoner. You were kind of hoping for something to flesh itself out, like a definitive plot and, like, driving force of the show, other than just him being on the run with Baby Yoda, which I also loved Baby Yoda. I thought he was super cute and not overused as well. Like, I agree with what you said. Like, he saves Mando, I think, once or twice at most, which he could have saved him in every episode because it seemed like this is something I kind of didn't necessarily love is that he was getting his ass kicked, like, almost every episode, right? But you knew he was going to come out of it and end up kicking ass like he does in The Prisoner when once he gets out of the cell, he just... Murks everybody without actually killing them which I also liked mm-hmm. and another reason I love the show is because when I was younger like Boba Fett was that was my guy like I was a big uh, bounty hunter guy still am and I love Django obviously like we've already touched on so to see a show centralized around a Mandalorian is amazing mm-hmm. to me
1: and production value wise like the show did amazing like well choreographed fight scenes and the world looked amazing like it was I mean, they threw a lot of money at it, but it looked great and it was just well mm-hmm. done and but minimalistic at the same time because we didn't yeah. see like millions of ships flying or stuff. But what they did show, they just produced it really well. It was really well. I was, it 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 was above my expectations in terms of like how much I was gonna like it. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't think it was gonna be that good to be honest, because it's a TV show. Yeah. yeah,
2: and I mean, it's a new character that you're bringing in in a time period where, like not that there's not a lot going on but they're kind of away from the main conflict that's happening like mm-hmm. at that point like everything is it's kind of I guess resolved because it's after return of the jedi so mm-hmm. like the empire is kind of basically non-existent but now with this
0: series which especially the moff gideon character represents is that there is something else brewing and that we might see the rise of the first Order, which could be good to better the sequel trilogy 100 percent, answer some of our questions
2: yeah the thing they have to kind of be weary of though is like how far are they going to go with that because there's a lot of stuff they could cover before the force awakens like Mm -hmm. right before it happens and they've started to do so in comic books um, where they're talking about, uh, like, there's a lot of stuff right now that's heavily focused on the interactions between Kylo Ren and Snoke and, like, his initial training and stuff. Like, they're really cool if uh, mm-hmm. if you haven't uh, seen them. i definitely check those out. But Disney is, like, in the comic book game now for Star Wars. Oh, like, wow. there's even, like, a Vader one as well where yeah. they're throwing out a Vader comic book too. So, and, like, those are good for, like, putting out, like, information whatever and like those are like that's where it's good to throw out the feelers that's where you take your risks Mm -hmm. is in your comic books you get the core fan base's opinion and then you kind of mold that for the big screen that's i think the model that might be a good idea to adapt
0: so did that comic book series touch on how snoke reached out and found kylo because that's definitely an unanswered question we have is how did why did kylo want to turn to begin with is it because of his parents that he felt um he wasn't like, really making them proud or something. I don't know. It they brushes never really on touched it very on quickly.
2: Yeah, it brushes on it very quickly, but basically, it's just like it's he's not loved, right? Mm. His mom is a senator. Right. And uh, his dad is, uh, I forget what Hans is. Just always words, on
0: the right? run, kind of on the Yeah, go. like, he, not He not doesn't stay in one place, absent right? Like, father. Hans,
2: exactly. So he has an absent father. So he's looking for someone. To replace that, and I guess Snoke kind of just slithers in there. Snoke and... slash
0: Palpatine.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but it's it's a lot of like, it shows a lot of the stuff that he did to him, like in the training, where like he really messed this guy up. Like it's, I won't give anything away, but like it's like they're dark, and uh, well done.
0: Okay, so worth looking into. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, no, Mandalorian's definitely setting up the future of Star Wars for the series, like, TV shows really well. Like, we got the Cassian show to look forward to as, as well, like we already touched on. Um, is there anything in particular like, that you guys, I guess we've already, I've asked you, Derek, what you'd want to see for future Star Wars series. And I guess, Matt, would there be another series you'd want to see, like, another story told on the screen, for, like a Disney Plus original or something?
1: Like, I, when I said I, like, love the clone, we're like, the clone war period is probably my favorite thing in star wars though the the period between episode two and episode three like i love that tv show i watched it more than once and i'd I'd like to see more of that i know derek said like we've or you said we've seen that already and no i want to see more of that because i've even read books that take place between the the episode two and three and they're like solo missions for like side characters but in the book they're the main character Okay. Like, I read a book where Mace Windu was like on his own mission to his home planet and he's doing his own That'd stuff. Be cool. And it was really cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and Derek said they have their own fighting styles. Like, yeah, like Mace Windu has a very, has his own lightsaber style, like uh, very aggressive. And they like, y- you go into so much detail on each character. There's so much more to like learn and show on the screen. And the Clone War period is my favorite. So
2: Mace Windu is such a cool character. Yeah. Underused. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was sick. And one thing that I find. Like the coolest thing for me about Mace Windu, other than the fact that he's Samuel Jackson, he's one of my favorite actors, yeah. but uh, the reason why he has the purple lightsaber. So when Samuel Jackson went to, uh, like, when he got the part and whatever, he said, I want a purple lightsaber. And George Lucas said, Well, there are no purple lightsabers. And then he probably put a mother in there. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, I want a purple <laughs> lightsaber. So George, what he did is, he changed... Well, I guess he kind of created Mace's story. So, Mace Windu is a, is a master of the seven lightsaber forms. And he created his own lightsaber form. So, that's why he has the purple lightsaber is because he's a master of every form and he's created his own. So, he's known as, like, the best fighter in uh, the Star Wars universe. So, it's cool.
1: Yeah. Quick question, though. So, in Revenge of the Sith, does is he, is he better at uh, with his lightsaber than Palpatine? Or does Palpatine orchestrate Light- that to make... Yeah, but, but Mace is supposed to be the best. So does Palpatine make himself in that, like, on purpose? Does so he take the dive?
0: I want to think that Mace actually did best him, but too. Palpatine is too smart, and I really think that he let him win to put himself in that position to have Anakin yeah. see okay. that the Jedi really want to overthrow him, that maybe they are evil and to make his point of view, which is the evil point of view, be the good point of view kind of thing. So that's where, unfortunately, I have to lean towards, but I do, I would like to think that Mace Windu is just a better lightsaber fighter than Palpatine.
2: So here's my take on it. I think that Mace would have beat him eventually, but I think that Palpatine threw the fight. Okay. Because if you look at... like. The way it happens, like, if you kind of slow it down and think of what's going on and you put yourself in Anakin's shoes, which, by the way, in this, in in Revenge of the Sith, he's like 18 years old. He's still really young. So that's why he's so rash and, like, in Attack of the Clones, he's younger than that. He's even, like, 15. 15, He's a teenager, man. So, like, that's why his actions, that's why he's childish. That's why he he is the way he is and he kind of has these anger outbursts because he's such an angry person at a young age. But, like, if you look at the way it's timed in the fight scene with Palpatine, like, when Anakin comes in, it looks like Palpatine is like in distress, and it looks like Mace Windu is about to go against the Jedi Code and everything they stand for. Mm-hmm. So he manipulates the situation to make it seem like Mace Windu is in the wrong, mm-hmm. which arguably he is because it's against the Jedi Code. Blah 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 to kill someone who's unarmed, which clearly he isn't because he exactly. has force no. force fingers. No, <laughs> but uh, like at that point, it seems like he's defending himself, mm-hmm. right? You're right. So, like, that's why Anakin steps in because he thinks he's doing the noble thing there. So, put yourself in that mindset where you have a teacher, you have a a mentor, a father figure who is going against everything he's ever taught you. And then you, you're reserving yourself and you're saying, okay, I know what, well, I think I know what's right here, so I act because I have to. I'm defending the person who is helpless at this point. And then he thinks about it and he's like, what have I done? Like he doesn't know if what he did was right or wrong And at this point he's already in it So he kind of just has to go with it yeah. At that point Palpatine has a full grasp on him And I think that's why he threw the fight Was to have that happen Because at that point he was already conflicted The mm-hmm. kid had no idea what he was doing with his life um, And uh, it took that thing to just throw him over the edge
0: Well explained So actually now we can segue into listener questions Which this ties into well Which is from Zach, my brother What's the best fight sequence ever from any related Star Wars production? One-on-one and or group fight. So that's definitely an interesting fight scene in itself, right?
2: Yeah, that fight scene suffers because Ian McDermott is very old. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I would have rather them kind of use like a stunt double because he's wearing like a lot of makeup and Mm. stuff with the face and stuff. So I would have rather than use a stunt double. I think that could have been the best one. Sorry, I kind of jumped out there, and I'm gonna steal the thunder. But my favorite fight scene out of all of them is Anakin versus Obi Wan, Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. just because it's a long fight. It's 12 minutes. That's like from start to finish, 12 minutes. Yeah. And I'm in that. I'm keeping the dialogue at the end because that part is like very important to that, where um, you know Anakin's like about to burn alive and they have their interaction like mm-hmm. that hits hard man the acting there like Ewan McGregor does such a good job of conveying the emotion that he has there like that's real man and like watching like uh, special features and stuff you know how many hours they trained for this and like that's hard to do man like the conditioning that you need to do that to f- like fling that thing around for that much as time as fast like, they were going to and, and they're going so it's fast crazy. like it's for me in terms of like
1: like speed and choreography, that one's the best one. Okay, so I'm I'm not gonna go with what I perceive as the best, but I'm gonna go with my favorite. Just be, okay, so a New Hope is my favorite Star Wars movie, okay. and every time, like like they're on the Death Star and they cat, and then Darth Vader standing in their path, and he has his he has his lightsaber already like out lit up, and he's just standing there doing nothing and then Obi Wan challenges him and fights him. Like that that's one of my favorite Star Wars moments. And I kinda really like that fight because it's slow and almost it's got a like an elegance to it. Kind of like a Japanese samurai fight where it's calculated and thinking about their moves. Like that's one of my favorite lightsaber moments. Uh okay, like best fight maybe is the Darth Maul most entertaining. So those are my two answers.
0: Right, no, it's fair. I mean, there's also the bigger picture in play in the Obi-Wan or Ben versus Darth Vader fight scene, right?
2: That's a really good fight. And I think that if, like, had it been done with later technology, it would have been obviously a lot better. Like, Alec Guinness was also very old when they did that. Um, But still, even that, it's still a great scene. Mm -hmm so i love it and like the the sacrificial moment
1: like it's so well done
0: arguably the most impactful fighting scene yeah I like, lightsaber battle yeah
1: i think it's, that's why it, i like yeah. i love the scene it's what right. it sets up man yeah. Like yeah, it exactly. sets the
0: tone yeah. for so much mm-hmm. so for me i would agree with derek as well it's the anakin versus uh, obi-wan fight scene it's just amazing um that's the thing and that's where like we've already talked about the sequel trilogy kind of failed is that i wanted to see some fighting scenes similar to the what revenge of the sith showed us Mm -hmm. which was fast pace aggressive just two jedi and one sith at this point at the peak of their powers just going toe to toe and we just see how powerful obi-wan was as well right at the height of his power that he could take down the one who was the chosen one Mm -hmm. at the time right and then that's the fall of uh, Vader. I mean, at that point, it's over. He becomes Vader after that scene. The Vader we know in the original trilogy. Yeah. So, um, that, that'll be mine. But also, Duel of Fates, Darth Maul versus Obi-Wan. And Qui-Gon, again, is one of the best ones. Probably my number two. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, one fight that I think is really cool and I would have liked to have seen go on maybe a little bit longer is uh, in Revenge of the Sith, uh, Dooku versus Anakin. Mm. That fight scene, the way it's choreographed, like, you feel, like, when he says uh, you have anger, but you don't use it, and then he does, like, you feel it. It's so aggressive, like, the lightsaber noises get louder, like, mm-hmm. the special effects with the sounds are, are, are different, and then, like, that fight is very impactful, too. Yep. But again, it's not, like, a main fight, so that one's kind of, like, a, a one-off where it's, like in the side because it's just setting up like the actual movie like right? you said
0: it's fairly quick as well it's just to show how anakin's powers have doubled since they last met <laughs> so um, and i mean the decapitation too with the red lightsaber too is just just a cool scene right yeah,
2: very very cool
0: and we start to see where anakin will be headed in this movie that quickly giving into the dark mm-hmm. and um yeah i know it's a star wars i mean lightsaber fights are the best yeah those are my favorite action scenes in any movie. I want to yeah. say, just so cool to see like those weapons be used. That's unique to Star Wars, right? Yeah. So
2: know. picture this: there's a movie in the saga that has no lightsaber fight, where they don't like the lightsabers don't clash. In the in the Last Jedi, there's no lightsabers that clash in the whole movie.
1: Oh, because race fight. Yeah, the guards she's fighting don't have
2: the guards no, she's right. fighting don't have lightsabers, and Luke Skywalker's not right. actually there, right? See,
0: that was a f- a bungled opportunity in not having kylo and luke fight there like i would have much rather see luke sacrifice himself a la, yeah. Ob- a la ben kenobi in a new hope right that would have been much better a fit more fitting send off to luke Yep. Um, it has the it's i guess similar impact that luke's always with kylo yeah well like that could have like um
2: it could have gone one of two ways it could have cemented him as I'm completely evil now. I've killed my past life because Luke Skywalker no longer exists. My ties to Ben are done, right? Ben Solo, the ties to that are gone because I've killed Luke Skywalker. Yeah. I'm Kylo Ren now. It's over. Or he could have went the other way. Like, that was my my, my mentor, my friend. Like, and that could have maybe brought him back. But they squandered that opportunity. Yeah. So
0: I still like the fight scene with uh, Kylo and Rey and the guards. I thought it was cool. It was, but again, there's so much like jabbing, man. Like that's I don't know. her fighting style, though. And but I think Kylos too. I don't think his is jabbing as well. His is more like a brutish, uh, shoulder down.
2: Yeah, but uh, he's like he stabs through them. Like that's yeah. what jabbing is like stabbing through people. For Whereas it. in like other shows, they cut them down, right? Mm-hmm. Like they slice through them as opposed to stabbing through them.
1: Yeah, like any time Anakin fights is amazing. Yeah, and. In the Clone Wars TV show too. I love the (laughs) lightsaber fighting scene. It's it's really well done actually. Underrated. It's very
2: fluid. Whereas like. Ray and and Kylos felt very segmented. Mm -hmm. And like. I don't know. Like it's just. That scene too. Like the production on it was garbage. Like. The room is just red. You know. Like it's just. They try so hard to put in like that. Sith tone. And like make things like. Ominous and evil. That they just have a red background. Mm. I thought yeah, I actually stylistic. liked the yeah. the style exactly. I like the style of that scene. But it's just weird, where like inside of a, a spaceship, you're not going to have like you've you've never seen something designed like that before in Star Wars. Oh, we right? have now. Right? We have now, and it was trash in my opinion. But it would have been way cooler to have like like a proper ship, de- like a proper throne room, like mm. Palpatine's throne room. Like his is cool, and it has like little elements that call back to his Sith origins, with like the statues, which are uh, original Sith lords we're um, or not original Sith Lords, but like people who followed like the Sith religion when it first started, but this has nothing. It just has like a little podium in the middle with Snoke sitting on it, all decrepit, like yeah. I don't
0: know. bringing it back I even more actually un- kind of unrelated, but would you like to see a, a Palpatine origins story, like growing up on Naboo rising through the ranks of the Senate prior to what we see him in Phantom Menace and getting in tune with the, the ways of the F- Sith, especially. With maybe under the tutelage of a Darth Plagueis.
2: No, because so there's a book called right. Darth Plagueis, and uh, it hashes out what happens with uh, Palpatine and kind of how he ascends and stuff. But I'm done with that. Like, let's Let just the leave. Past die. Let the past die. Kill it if you have to. Like. <laughs> Palpatine was a sick character. Just leave him alone, man. You shouldn't have brought him back in Rise of Skywalker. I don't want to see him brought back in another show either. Because they'd have to recast, use a different actor, really? right? Yeah. And, like, if we saw how that went with Solo, it didn't go very well. Oh. So let's, <laughs> let's leave that alone, right? Because you have an iconic character that you would need to replace with a seeming like, probably a no-name or B-list actor. And hope that they can grow into that character to make it something great.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Leave Palpatine alone.
1: I agree. All
0: right, next question. Keep it short. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, this question is from a faithful listener. Yep, the homie Bassam. <laughs> question for y'all. So, we've covered this already, but we can give it this a go. What's your opinion on the prequel hate? I've heard everything from there's no emotional connection to any of the characters to the plots were boring. Do you agree with any of the hate, or do you think the prequel haters just have a massive hard on for the original trilogy?
1: It like um that. it's very hard for me to talk about that because i'm like blinded my by nostalgia like i i can't see stuff that's wrong because i loved it as a kid it's just i can't see it in a negative light even jar jar i did not mind but then someone like my dad who saw the originals in the theater like, is like oh this is garbage because like he he can't see it the same way it's hard for me to answer because i'm I just loved those movies as a kid. And I still like, I rewatch them and I'm like, these are really fun movies. Yeah.
0: Because we weren't as analytical back then at all, right? We're just taking it at face value like some, probably some younger kids growing up with the sequel trilogy Mm -hmm. are growing up with these movies. Mm -hmm. Whereas now we're older, we can analyze them a little more. Uh,
1: I accept every flaw or perceived flaw because I, I just don't care. So, yes, I can see the hate because. If I'm imagining myself like a person that saw, uh, like I've seen the originals in the theater, yeah, of course. Like if I was my dad, I could see why he doesn't like the prequels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not like a complete moron. I know some of the CGI's spotty, the dialogue's cringy. Hayden Christensen's acting is, yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, I can see that. I just it doesn't bother me.
2: Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I'll echo that because obviously, like like you said, like they're not perfect movies. Yeah, the thing that doesn't get enough respect is the body of work of the prequel trilogy and how it complements the original trilogy by showing you how things came to be and like it really gives the the major part of the prequel trilogy is palpatine right like in the original trilogy he's not around too much he doesn't come on screen till return the jedi right no he's in empire yeah the
0: hologram yeah
2: oh the hologram quickly so Um, so you don't see him in person until Return of the Jedi Mm -hmm. and even at that he doesn't really do that much he's still very badass don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong and I loved his role in that Mm -hmm. movie but at that point I like that's where I could see people wanting more and they did that really well in in, in the prequel trilogy of setting him up as like the main villain and like just manipulating everything controlling everything like so I just think that a lot of the hate is kind of unwarranted Um, obviously everyone knows, or most people do that the original trilogy is the best one. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's typically how it is when these things happen. Like the original body of work is the best. And then as time goes on, typically they get worse. Right. But people hate on, uh, the prequel trilogy a lot too, because I think it kind of, I don't want to say it goes over people's head, but like they miss the point of it. Right. You already know what's going to happen by the time it's over. Mm-hmm. So this is just legitimizing the history and it's enriching what's already happened. So I think that's what you need to enjoy from it. And then it's also taking advantage of the new technology with the amazing lightsaber fights. Mm-hmm. The space battles. Like Even though they're amazing in the uh, original trilogy, they're so good in the uh, the prequel trilogy yeah. as well.
0: Especially like the Django scene with Obi Wan, right? That chase yeah. scene is amazing. Even the start of <laughs> Revenge of <laughs> the Yeah, like, <laughs> oh yeah, like the start of Revenge of the Sith, right? Opens with a solid yeah. space battle, which yeah, I agree with everything you said, basically for the prequel justification.
1: And like Revenge of the Sith, or the whole the the whole prequels, like people don't talk about this, but I find them very like Shakespearean in terms of we have our tragic hero with a tragic flaw which is like the like in every shakespeare play like we know he's it will be his undoing you know his be it his like his impulsive actions his rash actions will lead to his undoing which we know will already happen so it's very tragic watching those movies you know what's gonna like in watching anakin as a 11 year old or whatever in phantom menace you know he's gonna grow up to become what he becomes and it's you're seeing it is it's very tragic I find yeah. in the prequels and sad like Revenge of the Sith is very sad mm-hmm. because you're seeing a beloved character throw everything away and he doesn't think what he's doing is bad like it's it's kind of twisted.
0: It's all about point of views and exactly. it's also like squandered yeah. potential exactly. too, right? Like they see Anakin as the chosen one, the one that's gonna restore balance mm-hmm. to the Force, and you. Inevitably does, but it's there's some bumps along the road, right? Well,
2: and see that's the huge thing that people don't understand is what is balance, right? Balance is when both sides are equal. If they were to destroy that's what they say that's incorrect, and the Jedi are Luke Skywalker says it like dogmatic in their view where they think that they're good. They're completely mm. good. Well, no, they're not, because they invade worlds and stuff too, right? They get involved in things like that uh benefit them, the republic as a whole. Um, but, what was I going to say there? I dropped my... It's
1: like the benevolent, benevolent conqueror. Like, in yeah. order to restore peace, you do have to go in there and take command of the military and those planets. Exactly. Like, like you every... help those that can't help or, yeah.
2: or won't help themselves. Yeah. It, right. It's your opinion of what uh, what is best for everyone. And that has a major political undertone for the real world, too, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is something that people don't really acknowledge.
0: Mm-hmm. Which Mando is acknowledging, though, right? Like, yeah. we're seeing now... That's after the fall of the Empire. So now we're seeing how some worlds are affected by not having that order at the top that's really helping these worlds that are in poverty, right? Like the scene with, I forget the guy's name there, the older man that gets killed by Moff Gideon who wanted baby Yoda. He directly speaks on that, the positive impact that the Empire had on certain systems. Yeah, Yeah, then that's gold
2: because even though... like the empire is the republic rebuilt on a different foundation it's fear as opposed mm-hmm. to um, diplomacy mm-hmm. and that was really cool and i liked that they touched on that yep. in in mando because if it it re- reflected some some regimes that have existed in the world already and how it's like when people are afraid they behave
0: mm-hmm.
2: in certain situations or they revolt so like it was it's cool i, I like when they have that kind of real world uh, reflection in, in, uh, in movies, it kind of makes it like an easier pill to swallow, if you will, or it might give you like a different perspective depending on what side of the conflict you are on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well said that Derek, there's a lot of stuff you can take. It's not just, there's a lot below the surface and George, I think like under, like he did a great job of presenting that arc of, good turning bad or that whole like i said the whole shakespearean thing was presented really well and yeah. people just shit on the negative for the prequels but there's a lot there now i don't know how they're gonna age in like 20 years is the cgi gonna look even more dated because the Phantom menace when the droids are walking on naboo on the grass at the end right. like it looks does yeah. not look real <laughs> it's real. bad it is bad but you know what nothing we can past do about that. it exactly yeah. it's yeah. 1999 and he like at, when that came out that was like the best at the time. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. I think that one major point for the prequel trilogy is that, like, I'm not saying they shouldn't have cast Hayden Christensen, but a younger actor might have been a better idea. Ooh. Because he's, like, almost as old as Ewan McGregor. Like, he's in mm-hmm. his 30s now. So, like, mm-hmm. or no, he's probably closer to, like, late 30s at yeah. this point. And his character is like 15 in Attack of the Clones.
0: And they look like they could be brothers. Like, obviously, Ewan McGregor looks older than him there, but that's what the dynamic shifts towards in the third one especially, right? Yeah. He doesn't really see him as a son. He sees him as a brother. He outright says it. Yeah. Right?
2: So, like, that's... Like, the thing that happens all the time in movies is that they don't want to use young people because it's kind of barbaric to see young people getting chopped up with lightsabers, right? Like, they did the same thing with Game of Thrones. Mm. Like, those... They're kids in the books. Yeah. Whereas in the show, they're Mm. like... Mm. Uh, they're adults by the time it's over right so i think that that's maybe something that he should have kept in mind when he had hayden play the role the way he did because he had him play anakin as if he was 15 and those reactions are that of a 15 year old like that's why it makes sense to me the way that it's acted right because he's acting down to a certain age
1: He's like a teenager. He's an impulsive yeah. teenager, but played by a, an like actor in a 26
2: 20s. year old. Exactly. Like, imagine you're like, like 15 years old. He looks much older than 15. <laughs> in exactly. The second one. Exactly. Right? Like, imagine you're like, like 15 years old and your mom yeah. gets kidnapped, killed, and you're super right. powerful and you lose your shit. Like, yeah. you're so, killing them all. Yeah. The women yeah. and the children. <laughs> <laughs> Every last one of them. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's a sad scene. I mean, oh, that's it a it super is. sad scene. I mean, it's comical, the delivery, but yeah. like.
2: Uh, but if you sit there and you take it in, and then the way they kind of blend in the Darth Vader music, oh, man, man, it's great. I still get goosebumps every time because that's the first time you really see it mm-hmm. where he's becoming Darth Vader.
0: Yeah.
2: And he's still a kid, man. Like, that's the thing that they didn't do well in the movie either. Right. They, they just say, like. Um, like they don't say how many years have gone by they don't say how old anyone is right. like if they had made it clear that he was a teenager then it would have been better received
0: yeah it's true like his turn is fueled by loss and it is to bring it back to what you said extremely tragic right like his mom Shmi, and then he doesn't want that to happen again and, I don't know and he what... saw it happen yeah man. He saw it happen so many times.
2: Imagine every night you go to sleep and you see your mom like being murdered, your your wife, your your love dying. Like that messes a person up. Yeah. And he's young man. Like it's anyways. It's just crazy. And I think that he gets way too much hate than uh, than what's actually deserved because people don't understand the role that they were trying to portray.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Yeah, you know, we've covered the prequel trilogy extensively. Well, and-
1: I think it needs to be talked about because people... I think that's what the the least amount talked about are the prequels. People always talk about the sequels now mm-hmm. and the originals. And then yeah. the prequels like, oh, the prequels suck. That's what <laughs> yeah. I hear at work all the time. Yeah. Oh, the prequels suck. And then I start talk mentioning all the cool parts in each movie and they're like, oh yeah, that was pretty awesome. That was awesome. They just... They're just going with popular opinion. Like, yeah. oh, it's cool that's to true. just say they suck. Because yeah.
2: they don't understand it. It's like, I mean... Like, I don't want to say it like, obviously, that's kind of rude to say, but like, no, say not it. that they're just not acknowledging the worth that's there. They're taking everything at face value, which you cannot do with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but you can't, you know, it's like if you're sitting there with like even Game of Thrones, you cannot take that at face value. You can't pop up in season seven and be like, mm-hmm. oh, I like the show. You have no idea what's going on. You don't know how the world is structured, how things work. Mm -hmm. It's like as if you were Captain America frozen in ice for 50 years and you pop up into a society and you're trying to know what's going on and understand it. You don't.
1: There's no context. You had a date.
0: Yeah. (laughs) 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 Uh. Yeah. And apply like the same principles that were ruling society back when you were alive, right? In your era, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and who knows, maybe because of the sequel trilogy, people will look back at the prequels with less hate. Like, we've always, we grew up with them, we loved them from our childhoods on, but now, like, I was a bit torn between choosing prequel and sequel at the start of this podcast, and now, as we delve into it more and more, like, I'm seeing way more than you would see at face value in those movies, right? It might yeah. sway popular opinion for whoever listens to this the other way on the pod and the, those episodes.
2: Yeah, like... The Rise of Skywalker, like, I know we're back on this again, but there's just, like, there's so many things that they did wrong in that movie that if they would have changed those things, it would have made the movie better, but that's why, like, there's so many things, and that's why I dislike that. That's my least favorite movie of them all. By the way, Ooh, wow!
0: Thrown in Solo in there? No, we're no, just talking Skywalker. We don't saga.
2: acknowledge the uh, anthology movies, okay? Like that's that's, that's uh, different. Yeah. yeah, you can't put Solo on the same wavelength as Return of the Jedi. But in terms of the saga, Rise of Skywalker is at the bottom for me because wow. there's, that's the, the that movie has the most things that went wrong for me. That if like you were to fix that movie, you would have to change the whole thing. And because wow. like again, I didn't enjoy it the first time I've seen it. A second time, I still didn't enjoy it. Like. If anything, I disliked it more the second time. Um, Whereas The Last Jedi, there's a couple things you fix in that, and it's a good movie for me. Oh, wow. Like, it's a great movie for me, honestly. A couple of things.
0: Like, what would you fix specifically?
2: In The Last Last Jedi, Jedi, um, the scene where Snoke dies was absolutely stupid. Like, you're narrating what's happening to you, and then he does it. Like, anyways, that was just dumb. (laughs) That's literally spitting in the face of the intelligence of Snoke. Like
1: true he was a complete moron in that exactly game. Yeah. and no, like i was in the theater thinking the same thing
2: yeah. exactly and like at the time you're like what the hell is going on and i guess like it's fine if you consider that in the rise of skywalker it's palpatine and he wanted that to happen i guess but i wouldn't let that. i wouldn't have that happen either like palpatine stayed dead but uh so that scene like the throne room scene as a whole and um the fight scene at the end with luke just like the general way they handled Luke. There's a few things that I would change. Don't throw the lightsaber. But I still want him to feel the way he feels because he's conflicted, right? And that would echo the sentiment of Anakin in the prequel series where he's conflicted. He doesn't know what to do. But in this situation, Luke is removed from the events. He's in isolation. He's hiding. And he's he's fighting with himself because he doesn't know what to do. So he does nothing. So, like, in that sense, like, that was a good way to, to um, handle that character because... Luke has always been someone who wants to do what's right. But if you don't know what's right anymore, then what do you do? You do nothing. So I think that at the end of the movie, like you said earlier, he should have came, green lightsaber in hand, and <laughs> fought Kylo Ren oh, and sick. sacrificed himself. Like, not exactly the same as as Obi-Wan. Like, I want him to fight and lose. But, uh, like... Because if they would have copy pasted that again, like that's another huge critique I have of uh, of the sequel movies is that they copy paste a lot of stuff from the other movies. Like
1: that's what they think people want—the same stuff over and over again.
2: Yeah, and that's their big their their big falling point is they're trying to uh, they're trying to give people what they want instead of making the best movie they can make. And I know that that's kind of contradictory, but like you need to have your vision of the movie, and people will like that if it's well done. You know what I mean? Or they might not,
0: but either way, they have to accept it because exactly. that's your vision, stick to it. Like,
2: everyone has their opinion. Like, even me, I have my opinion. I'm not saying that if I remade the Star Wars movies, they'd be great. No, they'd probably be absolutely terrible because I'm not a filmmaker. But, uh, like, there's just some things that they blatantly did wrong, and I'm saying this doesn't fit. So maybe if they would have done things that fit better, it would have been better. And by not buying into uh, the opinions of the masses or the minorities, you make a more complete body of work.
1: So like Last Jedi was their chance of was their failed experiment at trying to do something different. They told like Ryan Johnson, you're writing the movie, go for it. We'll we'll do your script and that's where they failed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ryan Johnson like, wasn't the right guy for exactly. that. Exactly. So yeah. you're saying if the right person would have completely changed the story but in a good way, I think that would have been awesome and then Rise would have just piggybacked off yeah. a great Last Jedi movie. That's the thing. So maybe the Ryan yeah. Johnson pick was the Mistake, and I like him as a director, just not as a Star Wars director. Yeah,
2: yeah. like, and I think that, it, like, because of the way they did Rise of Skywalker, you can say it did go wrong in the Last Jedi. But if the Rise of Skywalker had been a movie that didn't spend half of the time shitting on the Last Jedi, it would have made the Last Jedi seem a lot better. Ah, the people true, who make true. the movie are saying this movie's trash. Yeah. Obviously, everyone else is gonna think the same thing, right? You
1: know You're absolutely right. I. I felt that way actually. I hated Last Jedi a little more actually. Yeah. Because it's like, oh well, this movie's trashing on Last Jedi, so of course I'm not gonna like Last Jedi as much. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like in it's the sad. scene when uh, Rey goes back to Octo and she throws the lightsaber into the fire and Luke catches it, I'm like, is this even the same guy? Is this an alternate timeline? And then he, he that line right there, they're literally spitting yeah. in the face of that movie. Treat this weapon with more respect. <laughs> Twenty minutes ago, you threw it over the fucking edge of the island. So like, oh, God, it's just like you, you can't do that, man. That's like, I don't care how high budget your movies are, how much money you're trying to make to be that blatantly disrespectful to a highly respected director and Ryan Johnson, who's had successful movies in the past,
1: mm-hmm.
2: is like unfathomable to me. Like, how do you do that, man? Like, anyways. I just thought that they just did him dirty with that movie, and that's what they set out to do. That's literally what they set out to do in *The Rise of Skywalker*: was to rain on his parade and make him look bad.
0: But there, like, there was no parade though. That's the thing. Most people hated *Last Jedi*. Like, did you not dislike *Last Jedi* when it came out?
2: So I disliked it, but I hated *Rise of
0: Skywalker* because of how it followed up on *Last Jedi*.
2: Yeah, and like I've said this before: like, if they would have went with what *Rise* or *The Last Jedi* did. By propelling Kylo to the leader of the Supreme Order being evil and like No you know, Palpatine. No palpatine. No, why? <laughs> why Just have Ray be no one? Yeah, have Ray be no one. I was like I time. didn't like it at the time, but I was fine with it. And then for you to retcon it yeah. in the next movie to something that I didn't really care about anyways. Yeah. Like, I think it's 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 more of an internal struggle to not know who you are than to not be okay with where you come from. Yeah. Right, like, because basically what she does is, I'm not gonna be like that. I'll break the mold, and I'm not gonna be bad because I come from bad people, mm-hmm. which like she doesn't really, because her parents weren't bad. So I mean, like,
1: which they don't even talk touch right? on that. Her parents, exactly. But, but, like what you're saying, Derek, is perfect. It's basically they could have gave us a soup. They could have gave us the most entertaining movie ever in Rise of Skywalker, but the fact that they shot on their last movie just shows how stupid and disrespectful they are like they didn't even bother just stick to your guns and follow the last movie and mm-hmm. be like they weren't brave enough to do that no they were they, cowards. they chickened out exactly they're cowards and even though rise of skywalker is really entertaining at the end of the day it just introduced all these ideas in the first 20 minutes to just disregard the last one and as soon as you saw palpatine you like kylo's like okay well kylo's gonna help turn and yeah 100 like
0: it's for sure. It was predictable. Like, it's a the Disney-fied... Exactly. The whole trilogy was Disney-fied, right? From the beginning. And that's where it suffers, honestly. Yeah. And, like, I it's good that Disney
2: has the series because, obviously, they'll make more stuff and, mm. eventually, they'll get it right, I would hope. But
0: well, we're on the right track with the TV yeah. shows, yeah. right? Like, Mando, yeah. like we've talked about. But they should have... What
2: they should have done is they should have waited to make these movies. They should have done a few other, like, not one-offs, but, like, less impactful movies and shows to get a grasp and feel of the show and the universe to know what do people like with star wars what do people dislike because they got the the franchise they bought it and then they jumped right into the force awakens like they were in it they wanted to make their That's money true. back right away
1: they were quick yeah
2: yeah and like it's not to say that it was a bad movie like i said i liked it but then it just kind of went all downhill from there, because they planned one movie, and then they just kind of said, where do we go from here? Yeah, they, they rushed
1: it. Yeah. They went too fast. They really rushed it. As opposed to, like, Peter Jackson taking, like, a year to two years just to write, to adapt the Lord of the Ring movies for the screen. Just taking so much time just to write the whole story. Yeah. Which I don't think they did. They obviously didn't do that for Star Wars.
2: No, like, they... they they wrote it then they went to pre-production and they said this is garbage i disagree with what you want to say yeah. I, you disagree with me okay bye let's restart and too then many, still yeah. put the movie out at the expected
1: date yeah too many chefs in the kitchen like yeah. too many hands in the honey pot that's why george lucas in the prequel is like you're asking george and he's giving you the answer 10 people can tell him we don't want jar jar <laughs> in the movie george is like no i want jar jar in the movie i'm sticking to it which you got to need the, that you need the dictator director yeah, with a hundred percent power to get the movie done, like so it's all cohesive throughout the three movies, like the prequels are.
2: Yeah, they like they should have had a someone write them better, like for the prequels. Like they could have had a co-writer, maybe, but well, at the same yeah. time, like
1: it's all George. It's
2: George's it's baby, George. right? Like yeah. it's this is George's movie. You're yeah. you're watching this movie through George's mind and yeah. eyes, whereas like. In the new ones, it's J.J. Abrams, who, like, he's the remake guy, Mm -hmm. right? So it's, like, it's fine that he came through for uh, The Force Awakens and did a good job. But then, like, they just didn't have a plan from there. They just wanted to make the money, which they did. Right? They made their money back. I think they bought Lucasfilm for like $5 I think three. Three or five. Was it? Either or. And they've basically remade that money. But The Rise of Skywalker made way less money than it should have because it was a bad movie. So
1: they made the money, but Derek, did they hurt the brand? Did they upset the fans? 100% I agree. Which will hurt future installments. Yeah.
2: Mm. It really will. And like... I mean, it's not just like I'll always love Star Wars, right? Like I will never be like, I hated this so much. I'll never watch a Star Wars movie again. Mm -hmm. Impossible. You couldn't do that. But uh, they just need to be very, very careful with what they do next. So that's why I agree with Eric. Take a few years off. I don't even care if it's 2025 until we see the next installment of a major Star Wars movie in theaters
0: three to five years minimum pre-production prepared diligently that's what i want yeah, to see
2: because i want the whole thing fleshed out mm-hmm. yep. start to finish at least in terms of like major plot points like obviously when you come and make a movie you come up with all your little side points and whatever but like your character that's... development has to be planned because that was majorly lacking in uh the sequel trilogy and you just have to make sure that it's, it's it's cohesive. And by doing that all at the same time, I think you can
0: achieve that. Start and end already mapped out. Process map all of it. It has to be already be set up. You know where the destination is. How are we going to get there? What's the journey? That's what I'd want to see from future Star Wars installments. And I think unless there are any other additional points to be made, that'd be a good spot to wrap this up. Could probably go on much longer. But do you have anything else to add, Matt?
1: one quick thing all it right, just baffles it. me that they didn't know how they were gonna end it mm-hmm. when they started force awakens that's all like it just to me that's like that in a board the first boardroom meeting where you're pitching force awakens it's like I'd be asking okay like what's gonna happen in the three movies how are you what what are what's exactly okay no right I agree now, we're a, done talking I agree
0: hundred <laughs> percent and it's kind of goes back to Game of Thrones like when oh. George R. R. martin, handed the keys over to the two the showrunners game. he asked them who were um rod john's parents and they knew he already knew like that was going to be one of the major plot points in the game of thrones or f- a song of fire and ice like that's a that's basically the equivalent of ray's parents maybe on a lesser scale but on it's a the same. scale s- either way same concept like you have to know yeah. what the dr- one of the driving forces of your series is going to be and they didn't even know at the time yeah
2: and like the whole like real quickly, the whole reason for the whole parents subplot is to to do one of two things. You're reinforcing the character's like thought process and like their justifications of what they do by saying, Okay, my parents are these people. Like let's say let's say Ray's parents was Obi Wan and some rando. Like it would reinforce that she should be on the good side because her dad was good and uh, and so on and so forth. So like it reinforces that sense or you throw them for like kind of a ringer with where making her a Palpatine she questions it for a second and then she either decides to go bad or stays good and says no I'll break the mold or whatever so it's just to throw like your character for kind of like a conundrum to make things interesting which is a disservice to the character because you don't really need that these characters are interesting enough by themselves and I want their actions to um, like decide where they're going you know i don't want some third party to come in and have an influence on like on on their thought process because those people aren't even around anymore right cuz they're always typically dead the people that they're using for uh, for the parents because if they're around obviously they would know mm. so there it, it's a plot device is essentially what it is and i think that it takes away from character development that's
0: a fair point in um Maybe we'll get to that with the future Ray stories. Find out about why she decided to rev- like, revoke her lineage, basically. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> just leave Rey alone.
2: No, just right. let her uh, build sandcastles on Tatooine and uh, yeah. play with her last name or whatever. Actually,
0: what. quickly, who was your favorite character out of the sequel trilogy? Kylo Ren. Kylo? Hands down.
1: Honestly, I'm going to go with my gut and say Poe. I just... I like the actor a lot, and I liked him from the beginning from Force Awakens. Yeah. Poe and Kylo.
2: But yeah. in The Last Jedi, they made him seem like kind of a douche. I didn't... He,
1: yeah. I didn't like The Last Jedi. So. I
2: didn't like the way yeah. they handled him in The Last Jedi either. Yeah. Right? Like, he was, like, cocky and arrogant. And yeah. they tried to make it seem like he was, like, the... Han. The, yeah, but, like, Han wasn't really like that. He was He was cool and calm and kind of, like... He never really had a plan. Like, they kind of tried to get that in there, but he made a plan on the fly, right? He never did anything just because let's do it. Let's hope it kind of, you know, he had a plan. He knew the risks of what he was doing with the asteroid field and that stuff. Like he knew the risks, mm-hmm. right? Whereas Paul, is just like, let's take out a dreadnought because why not? And then they just like <laughs> a heavy blow at the beginning of that movie. Yeah.
0: Like, like that movie's first five minutes could have made you disinterested in seeing what's going to happen in this one, right? Last Jedi opens on a very childish... Um, yes note. and
2: no because it redeems itself really quickly with going to Octo with Rey and right. Luke because you like that's the last movie you you want to see where that's going to go mm-hmm. whereas like The Last Jedi they didn't set anything up for the beginning of
0: uh, Rise. of Rise right yeah so. well me it would be Rey my favorite character out of the sequel trilogy and then Kylo very close between the two of yeah. them the only
2: problem I have with Rey is that like she doesn't really have that much character development you know like Take, a, take out the, I'm a Palpatine, I'm not a Palpatine, whatever. Like, that's why they threw that in there is because she didn't have much character development. What's her stake in the story? She's just there because she was on the planet by coincidence wrong and, like, place, whatever. Like, like, exactly. Like, mm. so, I mean, she had the droid. Like, there's that. But, like, in terms of development, she's the same person, essentially, at the beginning than she is at the
0: end, minus force powers. Well, now she knows exactly who she is, right? Well, she's, no, she's taking
2: on the mantle. She's faking that she's someone else because she's not okay with who she is, right? She's a Skywalker now because she doesn't want to be a Palpatine. Which, like, that's just a way to like, just like, defame the Skywalker name. I wouldn't right?
0: say it's defame. I'd say it's like choosing the light over no, the I, dark.
1: I agree with Eric. Yeah, it's no, I, I don't mind that. It's. Right.
0: It was very cringe, though.
2: Who are you, Nah. Ray? Skywalker so cringe I actually
0: laughed in the movie oh, theater
2: I laughed man, that's like bad,
0: Derek. I don't know I think to me that's what the impact of that scene meant is that she's choosing to go towards yeah, the light exactly. rather than the dark that exactly. is expected of her because of her lineage I let's guess. go that's how we're ending it so um there <laughs> no oh, great points man like coming into this we disagreed on a lot of Rise of Skywalker but it's extremely well explained your points like, I agree with a lot of what you're saying but Right as of right now, it's not changing my stance on. It. I enjoyed it at face value and everything there for entertainment yeah. factors, but no, I thought it was a good, uh, like, well-respectable uh, discussion on the franchise in general. So thanks a lot for joining us again. Any parting words for the audience? Just
2: thank you for having me. Um, you know, I love coming on on the pod. I hope everyone enjoyed uh, what we talked about today. It's just the the final thing that I want to say is that there's so much like. Uh, amazing things in like the Star Wars universe with the Legends stories and the the Clone Wars series, Star Wars Rebels, which we didn't touch on, mm-hmm. which is another show that's really good. Um, like, there's a lot of Star Wars content out there, and I honestly think that there's a Star Wars uh, piece of content for everyone, right? So like, if it's something that you want to enjoy, like, you will find something that you will enjoy in that. Whether it's video games, which again, like The, the Fallen Order, mm. uh, that's a sick video game. So for anyone who wants to get into like the RPG type thing, that would be a good thing for you. But uh, there's different things for everyone, which is good about Star Wars. Take it for what you will uh, and enjoy it how you wish to enjoy it. And just be respectful to uh, to the movies themselves and those who've made them and uh, the people who are going to make them and the people who act in them. Uh, and on that, may the force be with everyone. May the force be with you. Uh,
1: until next time. Nice. Just want to say thank you for coming on, Derek. I really enjoyed having you here today. You present your points very clearly and with like we have having great discussions with you. I really enjoyed it.
0: Thank you. Yeah. So no, thanks a lot to for listening. Uh, stay tuned for episodes dropping every other Monday. And yeah, talk soon. Peace.